When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is ESPN Radio. Before we get to the disrespect when it comes to James Harden inside and outside of Philadelphia, real quick, got a public service message. Got to wish a happy anniversary to my wife, Denise. This poor woman has been married to me since the year 2007. 16 years of total torture and hell for (laughs) Denise Sheree Coleman. I keep telling people all the time, there are roads to heaven, Amber, that are really, really smooth. Denise's road to heaven dealing with me as a married woman for 16 years is really, really smooth. But there's no such thing behind every man as a good woman for this man. But in front of this great, this good man is a great woman. So I want to wish a happy anniversary to my wife, Denise. 16 years of wedded bliss. Oh, happy anniversary, y'all. Happy anniversary, Denise. 16 years. Yeah. Heck of a run. Yeah, I wouldn't keep wish it going. that Keep anybody. it up, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to try to keep it going. I can't speak for her, though. She may decide, <laughs> decide one day, say, you know what? I've had enough of this, Blank. I've had enough of him. I got to get out of here. <laughs> let's hope Denise never smartens up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully the drugs are still going to take effect and, and right. cloud her vision when it comes to me and it comes to that. But I am nothing without her. I just wanted to wish her Aww. a happy anniversary to Denise Charest so Coleman. Thank you very much. Yeah, she's so I'm sweet about person. to text my husband. What the hell? You've never said you're nothing without me. Well, I, I, I stay Freddie out of Coleman that. making you look bad, now, bud. B- believe me, I stay out of any kind of conversation involving a man and a woman because if you take a side... Even if it's the right side, you're going to be wrong. Yeah, I just know better. We we talk about some poor fool on social media right now about he and his wife having like marriage issues, and she's with other people, he's with other people, and mm. now he's mad that she's with other people and he can't be with other people. I'm thinking it's not. It's easy when you know how. When it comes to being married to somebody or being in a relationship with somebody, it's easy yes. when you know how. Well, you have learned the secret to life. Happy wife, happy life, right? No that question. Is, that is certainly something that you've learned over the last 16 years. Absolutely. Uh, sage advice. Uh, Absolutely. Something that I do think it takes maybe some others a little bit longer to yes. figure out. But there's a lot of that on social media lately. The, what I will say, and uh, in, in, uh, not to sound a bit sexist here by pointing the finger at men, but there are men in this world uh-huh. that the thing that attracts them to you ends up being the thing that they want you to change once they, once they actually have you. Sure. That's and fair. It, as a woman, we have all been through that. Now, maybe women are like that as well. I could see, I could see that being the case, but you know, like whatever it is, you know, like uh-huh. <laughs> obviously I'm married, but if I was single, the example here would be that like, you know, somebody's attracted to me. They like what I do for a living here at ESPN then I'm actually with them and all of a sudden they don't want me in front of a camera anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Or behind a mic. Like they don't want the attention that comes with somebody yep. who lives in this world and lives with this job. But Denise yep. has been dealing with you yes. and all the attention. I'm sure Freddie Coleman's DMs are absolutely lit at all times. Yeah, Less DMs for dealing, <laughs> for dealing with this superstar here at ESPN. Wow, wow. And the ego that yeah. Freddie Coleman must yeah, have yeah, because no, of all these years here. No, <laughs> number one, if I have an ego by now, that's never going to happen. Number two, it's funny you mentioned that because a friend of mine who works here and she wanted to be married to somebody else because her first husband did not like the fact she was successful in the ESPN. Correct. Yes. Could not stand it. It got in the way what his ego was. And then they wound up 
going their separate ways because of that, which I yes. thought was the stupidest is, thing I've ever heard of. That is a story I 1,000% believe. Yeah. It's certainly yeah. something yeah. that most of us have lived yeah. at some point in our lives. Right. Well, real men understand what their woman does. Dudes don't understand that. And yes, there is a difference when it comes to that. So, real men lift their women up. They don't try to put them down. And you real don't need women the control. do the same thing for their man. That's no true. question about that. Real women no, do the same thing. No Support your partner. The real woman that is Amber Wilson, the real man that is Freddie Coleman together this morning on ESPN Radio. Hit us up on Twitter anytime you want at Amber W Sports. That's Amber's handle, my handle at Coleman ESPN. So can you be a multiple R-star, made a whole lot of money, have had a whole lot of fame and won an MVP and you sue and you feel disrespected. That's James Harden. When it comes to Philadelphia, opting into his contract has not had an extension come his way from Philadelphia. So he feels disrespected that way. He wants to be traded because that's why he opted in. Nobody seems to want him. He feels disrespected that way, but should he, my man, Jay Williams, our man, Jay Williams, although we like to call him now, Jay Weezy, was on mm-hmm. first take yesterday's ESPN radio host, and he said, yeah, James Hart should feel disrespected because... You're damn right. He better feel disrespected. Now, you talked about the fact he dropped two 40-point games. By the way, they don't win those games without James Harden going for 40-plus. They do not win those games, okay? So, like, I'm not sitting up here saying that he's deserving of a long-term contract. Uh, they couldn't find the right middle ground for that. But due to the fact that the market has shrunk on the attention around James Harden. He better feel disrespected. I agree with you. I think he will ultimately end up being with the Philadelphia 76ers because he will have no choice. And he got $35.6 million here to have a season to prove that he is worth that long-term contract in which he did take $15 million less the year before. But uh, trust and believe, if James Harden doesn't feel disrespected, then I will question James Harden's love for the game of basketball. So he dropped those two 40-point games. What did they actually amount to, though, for the 76ers, mm-hmm. right? And I think from James Harden's perspective, he wants them to amount to something because he probably doesn't know how much of those 40-point games he has left in him. James Harden feels like a player who's on the back end of his career, even though, by the way, he's only 33 years old. Uh, So it's pretty remarkable to think maybe James Harden's done a little bit of hard living there compared to, you know, some of the LeBron Jameses of the world and the clip that they're still playing at in their late 30s. But James Harden, absolutely, still somebody, of course, who can very much contribute to the success of a team. It's been a mess there in Philadelphia. And they need to change the culture because they can't suffer another second round exit. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. this James Harden situation helps the situation in Philly at all. If he wants out, you don't want a disgruntled player to be part of that organization and try to make a real run to the postseason. However, we have seen Daryl Morey time and time again be undyingly patient, Freddie, with disgruntled players. He did not force his hand at all with Ben Simmons. He took his time. He took an entire season with that Ben Simmons situation. With James Harden, I don't think it looks like an entire season. But I do think once James Harden opted in and gave Daryl Morey the control, a man who he has a great relationship with, but also a man who he's asking to trade him elsewhere, 
What that amounts to is Daryl Morey taking his sweet time and trying to get the best deal he can for James Harden. And at the end of the day, it feels like James Harden is going to show up and he's going to play basketball. We've seen him force his way out of organizations before. Does he put on the fat suit again? Does he show up like he did in Houston and all of a sudden when he ends up with the Clippers, the fat suit's gone and he looks phenomenal again? We've seen the James Harden antics. But you do have to recognize that relationship between him and Daryl Morey. So is he going to try to stick it to Morey like that if, in fact, Maury takes his time in trading James Harden. It's a bit hard to imagine. Here's why James Harden should feel disrespected. And you said the magic name when it comes to Daryl Maury. Because Daryl Maury, when he traded for James Harden, told everybody he's on the same line as Joel Embiid. He basically told anybody who was willing to listen, you know what, I love Joel Embiid, but I regard that guy in the same light. And you can't have that if you're Daryl Maury. There has to be a pecking order. You can't have co-superstars in this day and age in the NBA and think that's going to fly, especially a star-crossed one when it comes to James Harden. And to be fair, both of these dudes completely did not deliver in Game 6 and Game 7 versus the Boston Celtics when they had that team on the ropes and a 3-2 lead in that series. As much as people bang on James Harden, and rightfully so, they got to bang on Joel Embiid as well because where was he in Game 7? And where was he in the final moments in Game 6 when Jason Tatum went nuclear in the fourth quarter and then went ultra-nuclear in Game 7 versus the Philadelphia 76ers? So let's be fair when it comes to both of those guys. But the reason that the reason that James Harden feels disrespected is because he honestly believed that I'm going to get my money and an extension one way or the other. And he hasn't gotten it. He hasn't gotten it from a guy that has always believed in him and Daryl Morey, the general manager. And he's not getting that kind of love outside of that from NBA teams like, look, we can bring you here, but if we got a young team, we can't have you around our young guys. If we got a team with these can win a championship, you haven't delivered when you really needed to, when you had to. So that's why he feels disrespected, because Daryl Morey has let it be known he regards James Harden in the same line as every superstar in the NBA, even though he has not delivered anywhere near Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, people like that. That's why he's feeling disrespected, because he believes he should be entitled to an extension either from Philadelphia because of the relationship with Daryl Morey or from anybody else because Daryl Morey's let it be known that's how he feels about James Harden. And James Harden, in my opinion, believes that everybody else should feel the same way. If Morey genuinely believes Harden is on the same level as Joel Embiid, that's just stupid. I mean, it really is, right? I mean, everybody knows the pecking order there in Philadelphia, including those guys. And it's supposed to be Joel Embiid one and James Harden two. That was the plan. And that plan didn't work out because Joel Embiid is the one who deserves the blame because Joel Embiid is the one who gets the credit. If you're the reigning MVP and you're going to get as much credit as anybody else in the NBA this past season, then you too deserve to shoulder the blame when you get bounced in the second round once again, which is the story of your entire team when you are playing basketball at your highest level. James Harden, no one's arguing, is playing basketball at his highest level. Yes, he's a superstar in this league, but he wasn't brought in to be the number one. That is Joel Embiid, and that is a problem if Maury sees those guys on the same level. I do think, though, it's that relationship and that history between Maury and between James Harden that allows James Harden to opt into this contract and trust Maury that even though technically the 76ers have the control here, that Daryl Maury is still going to do right by James Harden and yeah. ultimately do what he wants. I understand that relationship has soured some. Obviously, he wants out of Philadelphia. That cannot ha- make Daryl Maury happy, or he wants some sort of mass extension that the 76ers aren't willing to give him. But I do do think it that there is some level of trust there, and that's why James Harden opts in because we are talking about a player, Freddie, who has left 
millions upon millions of dollars on the table with his behavior in Houston and again in Brooklyn. There are many times that James Harden hasn't done the thing where he opts in or he signs the extension and then forces the trade. He's left a lot of money on the table throughout his career when he could have pulled that move. And we certainly see players like the Damian Lillards of the world Mm -hmm. pull that move where they still sign the extension and then try to force their way out within a couple years. James Harden has not traditionally done that in his career. He opted in. Not everybody thought he was going to opt in because of that. He opts in here, I think, because of that relationship with Daryl Morey. By the way, Sam Amick of The Athletic says, and I quote about James Harden, he still wants to leave Philadelphia. He's still upset with how Daryl Morey has handled his situation heading into possible free agency last month. And even with the recent revelation that Harden attended the same NBA Player Association party as Sixers co-star Joel Embiid and former Sixers owner Michael Rubin in Vegas, He's still determined to start next season in a Clippers jersey, end quote. Hey, James Harden, here's the problem. There are no guarantees that the Clippers want you to start your next season in a Clippers uniform. This is going to get a lot more gummy whether James Harden wants it to be that way inside and outside of Philadelphia. I, I mean, everybody not. attended that Michael Rubin party except for me and you. Freddie, I mean, the, do, you see, right? do you see Stephen A. Smith, how he was upset in his podcast that he wasn't invited? Oh, Stephen A. He, wasn't invited. He was name checking people. How did you oh, know, no. Grant Williams, how did he get there? Taylor Rooks, how did she get there? How am I not there? I don't know if he was trolling just to be funny, but his face on this podcast, he didn't look thrilled. It was. You are an A-lister if you made that party, right? No in doubt. those circles. I mean, I don't no know if Grant doubt. Williams an A-lister, but there's some connections there with Dallas and the trade that just happened. Yeah. Nevertheless, just, just, just I could see Stephen A being upset because yeah. he would be one of those people that I would have thought. Yeah. If anybody at ESPN had the invite, I would have thought it yeah. would have been him. I can understand him feeling some sort of way. And I clearly understand when it comes to that white party where everybody who was somebody who was there, but people who wanted to be there were not there. I'm sure they were not thrilled about that, although it didn't bother me because I don't get invited to those D-list parties, much less A-list parties. Yeah, Amber, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I just want to be like invited to be the valet at that party. That's right. Yeah, I'll, nevertheless, I'll, in that actual yeah, party, wearing the white. Right. I'll park your car, hang your coat. But just If I can be like white party adjacent, then I'm good with that <laughs> right. as far as that goes. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman together. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, ESPN2 this morning, also on Sirius X and Channel 80. Weigh in any time you want to triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729. 3776. Sports Illustrated did a great job revealing its inaugural power list of the 50 most influential people in sports. Something on the list caught our eyes that has everything to do with you. We'll tell you that next on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again 
by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is ESPN Radio. Little Tony, Tony, Tony. Little Tony, Tony, Tony for the love, man. For me and Denise Coleman celebrating our anniversary today yes, of 16 years of being a married couple. I see you, player. Amber Wilson, also happily married, joining me, Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget about us on ESPN2 and ESPNU. I love that song, by the way. Tony, Tony, Tony. And they're mm. back together touring. Raphael Sadiq coming to his senses. Hey, hey, hey. Now it's good to go. Now we're, it's going to be a good summer. Now it's going to be a good summer. <laughs> all set now. All set now. Sports Illustrated revealed its inaugural power list of the 50 most influential people. In sports. And, yeah, the usual suspects were there, Amber. You had the LeBron James of the world, the Steph Curry's of the world, Shohei Otani, Leo Messi, Patrick Mahomes, Naomi Osaka, the who's who of being influential in sports. Tiger Woods still on that list. Of course, he's going to be there. NBA and TNT crew, a whole, the Manning family. And I said, yeah, that's fantastic. One that jumped out to me that has gotten close to your heart as well, the sports books, part of the most influential people, or entities in sports. Because they talked about five years ago, the Supreme Court overturned the Professional Amateur Sports Protection Act. That opened the door to legalize sports gambling in the United States. Since then, five years later, $180 billion have been wagered, not just on games or point spreads, but you can wager on individual free throws, at bats, putts. More states now permitting sports gambling and then banning it. And thanks to mobile technology, you can place a wager. It's a lot more. It's a lot easier for you to place a wager than to get an Uber or buy an item on Amazon. It shows exactly how far we've been able to come in the United States with the terms gambling, wagering, betting no longer being a stigma in the United States. Yeah, it's certainly one of the more remarkable developments in my lifetime, right? How it has been destigmatized now and really destigmatized in a very quick period of time because you're talking just years ago where it was illegal everywhere and all of a sudden now it's mostly legal places. I mean, I'm in a state down here in Florida that still hasn't legalized it and frankly, it's ridiculous. What are they and- waiting for? Well, they're down here in Florida, there's a whole thing with the Seminole tribe because the Seminole tribe and owns the casinos down here, the land, so they want the exclusivity with the gambling. There's a whole component of it in terms of politics and in terms of the Seminole Indian tribe. It goes far beyond just should it be legal. It's not really a moral issue down here. It's a business okay. issue down here. Nevertheless, there's complexities like that, obviously, with the legalization of gambling across the 50 states. I would imagine at some point here, it will be legalized quite literally everywhere. And it's amazing the numbers that you just referenced considering it's not legal everywhere yet. I I mean, it's insane. And that's how much money for these places where it's not legal, by the way, that we're all leaving on the table. And we're all leaving (laughs) on the table in terms of taxes as well for these states. But that's how much money there is to be had with sports wagering. It's incredible. And I agree. I don't know if I agree with it being on a list of 50 most influential, you know, because we think of that list as people. Right. But certainly if we're doing entities, it is one of the most influential things right now in sports. What my dad told me something a while ago about betting. He said when they when the government can figure out how they can get their greedy hands on it, it'll be legalized. He has been spot on because the mm-hmm. minute the government said, wait a minute, how much <laughs> illegal is being taxes? bet? 
right? Yeah, yeah. How much? Uh, what can we do with this money? Cha-ching, 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 Woo. cha-ching, cha-ching. And that's why all of a sudden these sports are oh, maybe we can legalize gambling. You know, families are going to casinos and everything like that. It's a family bonding experience. Yeah, they got their Yankee hands and their greedy money when it came to that, when it comes right. to sports betting well, and, and sports gambling. And listen, there's a lot of money to be had. It's true for the leagues as well, right? Absolutely. Because the leagues now Good all call. have these partnerships with the sports books. Good it's call. true for us here at the networks as well. Let's yep. be honest. We all have our partnerships. There is tons of money to be had, tons of money to go around. And frankly, I can't believe this was happening sooner. I mean, it's remarkable when you consider the amount of money and yeah. just that component of it. But also, I do think that there has been this destigmatized idea around sports betting generally right. where it's not seedy anymore. You know, you're not in a back alley with your bookie <laughs> betting on some game. Like, we, we are making it far more the access to it like you mentioned i don't know if i agree that it's easier than amazon i don't know anything no, in this I'm, world is easier I'm, than buying something off amazon but I'm, the access i'm going to by it, what they said in the sports illustrated article i'm just right. i'm just a parrot that was reading that <laughs> by the way uh shout out to uh shanae and gumake because the Ngumake sisters they one of our very list. own yep. they made the list mm-hmm. as part of the 50 most influential people on sports illustrated you mentioned Lionel messi there oh yeah there is mm-hmm. messi has arrived in south florida mm-hmm. as he's joining miami FC, right? Mm-hmm. And there are pictures all over Twitter from yesterday yeah. where Messi is in Publix, which is like our main oh, run-of-the-mill supermarket down Publix. here in the South. Love right. Publix. I mean, Publix is okay. Uh, shout out to Publix. No, it's a staple it, down here in it, Florida. It, it, it's okay. it, it should be a staple in the rest of the country, but I, I digress. I mean, it doesn't hold a candle to like Wegmans and some of those grocery stores y'all have up there. I, Nevertheless. No, I'll, I'll take Publix over Wegmans. I'll really? take I'll take Kroger and Publix over Wegmans, and I love Wegmans. What? Publix really? and You give me Publix and Kroger, I would eight, I would weigh eight hundred pounds. I'd be there every day eating their food. We don't have Kroger down here, but we do have Kroger delivery, which is a whole oh. new thing, a whole new world we're living in. I think because of Amazon, so you can order Kroger groceries even though we don't have a Kroger, Kroger in the town now. I live in. I'm not sure there's any Krogers in Florida. Nevertheless, it should be though. <laughs> Messi was at Publix yesterday. Yep. Mm-hmm. At Publix, mm-hmm. just normal dude. I mean, that's got to be so different for him in America. And we're talking about South Florida. Like, South Florida, exactly. where that population, that international population, is the most likely population to recognize him and swarm him. And yet, in America, I'm sure he cannot do that anywhere no, else. No, no, I mean, anyway, he's certainly not doing that in South America, but I don't think he could do that anywhere else where he's just in a grocery store like a normal dad. And his cart is full of carbs. It's just like cereal Uh so i don't know if messy i don't know if that's for his kids if he's just like hanging it up now that he's in america (laughs) i'll tell you this with messy on the pounds like the rest of us over here in america who knows but he's just so normal in these foot it's like the most wild thing just run there's some dude on twitter that's just taking pictures with him like no one else in Publix is recognizing him you're talking about the Biggest sports superstar on planet Earth, mm-hmm. and he's just shopping in public. I guarantee myself. if he was in New York, that would not fly because there's no way he's getting out of a place in New York and not getting attention. But the fact that he it can do that without any kind of fanfare, it must be very, very relaxing for him to have that as a part of his life right now. Because let's be honest, Amber, he is the biggest soccer star that's hit this country since mm-hmm. Pele played in the North American Soccer League in the 70s. And that he's the greatest soccer player of all time, depending on who you talk to. 
But Messi doing that in the United States, he's the biggest soccer star that this country has seen since Pele was able to do that for North American Soccer League, play for New York Cosmos. I mean, he's the biggest soccer star alive. Like, he's the biggest soccer star in the world, right, I would Mm -hmm. argue. And for him to be able to be in a country that is paying him to play and embracing soccer at an incredible rate, in a country he wants to continue to grow the product in, I think it has everything to do, frankly, with why he's over here and why he takes this deal with the MLS is because he wants to grow soccer in America and he wants to be part of that. But for him to be here and to be able to just go to public, I mean, it's cra- It's got to be. It's got to be refreshing if you're messy, right? Like, I'm sure no it's doubt. one of the reasons that he wanted to live and play over here. He had a house over here, but I'm sure it's one of the reasons that he wanted to be over here. His life's probably a lot less crazy here no, than in other places. Eddie Spaghetti hit us on Twitter saying, "I'm from Ohio, but my mom lives in South Carolina. Public salsa is top tier. Must try, Eddie." Cosign. You are not lying public about that. Public subs, maybe. Public no. salsa? Public, su- public sub. salsa. Is t- public salsa. It's not top tier like Miami, but it is, no, it is no slouch in the salsa game when it comes to salsa at Publix. Keep weighing in on Twitter. Amber's handle, Amber W Sports. My handle, Coleman ESPN. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman together on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80 and ESPNU. We're going to ask a two-time Super Bowl champion. Jalen Hurts is no one in the NFC at quarterback. But who is behind him on that list? Keep it here on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is ESPN Radio. Just be hit us on Twitter, Coleman ESPN and Amber W Sports, saying love the show, guys, but to put Jalen Hurts as the best quarterback in NFC is laughable considering the small sample size and easy path they had through the season last year. Dak Prescott has been more consistent, has overcome more obstacles with a lesser defense, wide receivers, and coaching. Things that make you go, hmm. Mm. Hmm. The numbers mm. from this past season might suggest otherwise. Overcome more obstacles. Also, how? Like, what has he overcome? Where is the overcoming? Where is the championship ring? Where is the Super Bowl appearance? Amber. Where is it? I'm not saying I was not just asking. That was just just me putting it out there as far as that goes. That's, you have to take that up with him at Just Be on social media, and you two can have that back and forth. We'll ask that kind of question and more with our man Damian Woody, two-time Super Bowl champion. All he does a great job as an ESPN NFL analyst. Hit him on Twitter at Damian Woody. Joining Freddie Coleman and Amber Wilson this morning on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Damian, somebody believes that Jalen Hurts is not the best quarterback in the NFC. We just had Just Be on Twitter saying it's Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. Where do you stand? 
Well, first of all, good morning to both of you guys. And that person needs to be drug tested. Like, seriously. <laughs> hand, that, hand that person a cup and get, have them uh, get a urine sample because Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the NFC. All Jalen Hurts has done is just gotten better and better and better. Jalen Hurts played at MVP level last year. I mean, that's where that's where Jalen Hurts was at last year. Obviously, we know about the terrific cast of characters that that surrounded him: elite offensive line, elite wide receiver, wide receiving core, great tight end in Dallas Goddard. But Jalen Hurts is, is the is the stir to that to that uh, Eagles offense, the drink of that Eagles offense. And so, listen, do I think that? Uh, do I think that Dak Prescott's going to have the year that he had last year uh, as it relates to the interceptions? No. There was a lot of factors into why that was the case, primarily because, you know, the Dallas Cowboys uh, wide receiving core wasn't really good. They actually were the worst in the league at, at separating. Um, that was part of the reason why De- uh, Dak Prescott had a lot of interceptions. But, listen, Jalen Hurst is the best quarterback in the NFC. And the scary thing is he can, he can get much better from mm-hmm. what he played last year. Right. He can certainly do that. He has gotten better every year that he has been in the league. Damian Woody joining us here on ESPN Radio. So there's no conversation for any of us when it comes to the best quarterback in the NFC. But Damian, who is the second best quarterback in the NFC? Because for me, that's where things get interesting. Yeah, that's where it really gets interesting. I can make the case uh, for a lot of different guys. I, you know, I'm going to throw one name out at you. Um, uh, Jared Goff. Jerry Goff had a great year last year. I think people, you know, he's kind of under the radar. The one thing I said about Jerry Goff, when he is protected, Jerry Goff can throw the ball as well as any quarterback in the National Football League. And the one thing about the Detroit Lions, they have an elite offensive line. They have one of the best offensive lines in the league. And last year with Ben Johnson as the offensive coordinator with the Detroit Lions, Jerry Goff arguably had his best season as a pro. So, um, you know, there's a lot of – you could throw Kirk Cousins out there. Obviously, you know, I just threw out uh, Jerry Goff. But I think Jerry Goff you could make the case that he might be the second-best quarterback out there. How weird is it to say that? Because nobody would have thought that we would have had that conversation about both of these guys when it comes to Jalen Hurts being the best and Jared Goff maybe being the second-best in the NFC. How weird is that, Damon, that we've come that far with these two guys in, when you think about it, a relatively short amount of time? That's the nature of the National Football League, right? Like one minute you're one minute you're on top, next minute you know somebody's uh, vying for your spot. But you know that's just the nature of the beats of the league right now. One of the other natures of the league right now is the state of the running back position in terms of trying to get another contract out of that position. Saquon Barkley right now, they have until 4 p.m. on Monday to reach a new deal between him and the New York Giants. The reports are that they're not close on a deal. He doesn't want to sign the franchise tag reportedly. He hasn't yet signed it. Where do you see this situation going? Who needs who more? Does Saquon need the Giants more or do the Giants need Saquon more? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't see this. I don't see this situation resolving itself. I think the New York Giants have dug in. I think that because of the state of, of you know where the running back market is in today's NFL, you know, it's just hard to give those guys that that second long term deal um, because a lot of times you're not getting a return on your investment. I mean, look at you know prime example is look at you know Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott has had a has had a brilliant career. But Ezekiel is also 27 years old and, and couldn't finish anywhere near the second, you know, the second, the second contract. And so I think a lot of organizations, a lot of teams are afraid to invest big dollars long term in a running back. And so I just think the situation where, 
it's going to be. I think the, I think Saquon needs the Giants more because I think the shelf life of a running back financially is a lot shorter than a lot of other positions. And so that's that's the way I'm going with it. Two-time Super Bowl champion, now ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody. Hit him on Twitter, Damian Woody, joining Freddie Cohen and Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio and also ESPNU. Staying in New York and going to the New York Jets. You played for that organization. You played against that organization. You know that organization well. Look into your crystal ball and go past hard knocks when that gets done at HBO in about a week or so, Damian. What do you think is going to be the Jets' season now that Aaron Rodgers is their starting quarterback? Well, Freddie, I mean, listen, the Jets, you know, had arguably the worst quarterback situation in the league last year, and they were seven and ten. They were like literally knocking on the playoff door in late in late December last year. Uh, you know, and now you enter in Aaron Rodgers, one of the one of the best quarterbacks that we have in the league. He's coming off a quote unquote down year, but I think a motivated Aaron Rodgers will play at, at you know, at his highest level uh that we've seen in, in his career. He's obviously with a familiar face as far as his play, play caller is concerned, Nathaniel Hackett. I think here's the thing that this whole thing is going to be dependent on. The Jets, the one question mark that the Jets have is their offensive line. Absolutely. Their offensive line is a big question mark for them right now. Big question mark. If they can be healthy, because that's been an issue for their team, that organization, for the past couple of years. If they're healthy, then I think this team could be really scary. If not, it could it could go sideways really quick. Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us here on ESPN Radio. So, Damian, today we are ranking, as part of our Rankum series on ESPN Radio, our top five MVP candidates for this upcoming season. If I was to give you Mahomes and Burrow on one hand or the entire field on the other, which one are you going with for this upcoming season? I would probably go Mahomes-Barrow. Wow. That's what I would do. Usually I would take the field, but I think Patrick Mahomes has been so dominant. And Joe Burrow is clearly here. That I, would, I, like, I trust those two guys as far as the MVP race over the rest of the field. That's how brilliant these guys have been playing, and it's just great that now these two quarterbacks, these two organizations respectively, are starting to turn into a robbery in the National Football League. So I'll take those two guys over the field. Real quick, when it comes to taking people over the field, how much of a gap do you think is between Kansas City, Cincinnati, and the rest of the AFC? Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think there's much of a gap at all, to be honest with you. Uh, the, a, the AFC is murderer's row. And I know that Patrick Mahomes has hosted five straight AFC championship games, and that's, you know, Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes have been brilliant. But these organizations are here. I mean, we like, it, you know, talk about Kansas City and Cincinnati. Buffalo is, is here. Buffalo's not going anywhere. I think Baltimore is going, is, is going to be here in a, in a major way. I agree. I think, obviously, we talk about the Jets. I think the Jets are going to be, be in the mix. Jacksonville is, is going, they got a taste of the postseason. They're going to be a lot better this year. It, it, you know, the Chargers, there's so many good teams with elite quarterbacks in the AFC, there's just not much of a difference between, you know, the Kansas City and, and maybe some other teams that, that, are, come, that are vying for a playoff spot as well. 
He is always, always good, always great to have Damian Woody, two-time Super Bowl champion, a great follow on Twitter, at Damian Woody as an ESPN NFL analyst. Hit him on Twitter, like I mentioned, Damian Woody, joining Freddie Coleman and Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio. Great stuff, my man. Great stuff, Wood, as always, my friend. Take care and be well. All right, you guys be easy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ESPN Radio. So now it begins for Shohei Atani and his future Major League Baseball that can may have an answer sooner than later. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman together on ESPN Radio. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. Tune in and always, always check us out on ESPN. You and ESPN too. Amber, I'm a big believer that when I heard this in Busta Olney, ESPN Major League Baseball inside on Get Up about what team does he expect to acquire Shohei Itani if he's traded by the trading deadline? You start with the Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees, <laughs> the Rangers, the Rays. Maybe a small handful of teams, but there's no doubt. In talking with sources yesterday, they see the Yankees as potentially being the most motivated because Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, they're middle-aged players right in the, the prime of their careers. This is the Yankees' window to win now. You bring in Otani, suddenly the Yankees' rotation with him involved looks so strong. Otani hitting in Yankee Stadium, which favors left-handed sluggers. That's uh, something I'm sure the Yankees would be willing to pay for if Otani is made available by the Angels. Those sources told Buster something that are sources from the Yankees and the Angels. Because anytime we hear something like that, we hear page one. They're probably like page 10. Somebody knows something. Because why would you allow Buster only to put that out there? And I've not heard any kind of rebuttal since he put that out there and get up yesterday from the Angels or the Yankees regarding Shohei Otani. Well, but let's consider what Buster could know, right? Could Buster just know that the Yankees want Shohei Otani? Mm-hmm. You and I don't even own a baseball team, and we want Shohei Otani, right? I mean, that's Fair. the reality of this. Like, everybody is going to want Shohei Otani. We're talking about 
the greatest player we've ever seen in our entire lifetimes. And then also a guy who could significantly help a team, by the way, that is missing Aaron Judge and is underperforming this season in the number one market with the pinstripes and the most famous club in the entire country. Yes, he would tremendously help that organization. He would help that organization on the field. He was also help that organization in terms of the fanfare around mm-hmm. that organization. Not that the Yanks need it in terms of brand, but we know how this game works and seats are going to be filled just to witness the greatness of Shohei Otani. It would play beautifully in that market in New York. Nevertheless, the Angels have to get something back for this to make sense. We don't even know if the Angels want to trade, by the way, to be known as the organization that trades away the greatest player any of us have ever seen in our entire lifetimes. Now you're asking them to trade him away to a Yankees team that does not have a good farm system. Mm -hmm. So who are they getting back? They only have one top 100 prospect on that Yankees team. Who are they getting back in return? How do you make this deal work for the Angels, not just the Yankees? So, yes, it is on brand for the New York Yankees, but there is that complication because we're talking about a trade. Also, the complicating factor that it feels like, although we don't know a ton about Shohei Otani, and maybe the Yankees is an exception, it feels like Shohei Otani wants to stay on the West Coast, wants to be closer to home in that regard. One of the things about this, because you're the Los Angeles Angels, it is a definitely, definitely a risk-reward situation. Are you going to risk thinking, we're not going to trade this guy, but we can convince him to stay, and if we can't, then he's just going to walk out the door. We're not going to get anything in return. you got to weigh that in terms of if we don't believe we can sign him, then we better get something for him at the trading deadline at the end of this month. That's the risk-reward situation that the Angels are working with right now because Shohei Otani – Got a chance to know what it's like to be on a massive stage and deliver. I go to the World Baseball Classic. That was the biggest stage that he had been on in his baseball career after leaving Japan to play in the major leagues. And Amber, just seen a look on his face when they won the World Baseball Classic, it was catnip to him. And he said, man, look what I was able to do and have all this around me and succeed. And he knows he's never going to get that with the Los Angeles Angels. So why would he want to re-sign with them? The Angels, you know they have some kind of intel to say, man, which way is he leaning? And if he's not leaning towards us, then we better find a way that we're going to move on from him. If we're going to run that risk that we can't keep him, we better get something in return. I would not want to be in that situation because, Amber, you're right. How do you trade away what seems to be the greatest player of this baseball generation? But you got to think in terms of the future of your franchise that if you don't trade him by the trading deadline and he leaves, you get absolutely nothing in return if you decide to run that risk of keeping Shoyotani past the trading deadline. Right. I mean, that's the thing, right? That's the rub. You don't want to be known as the organization that trades away the greatest baseball player, arguably, who has ever lived, right? None of us remember Babe Ruth. Miss me with that conversation. You also don't want to be known as the organization who trades away the greatest player or who doesn't trade away the greatest player who ever lived and also lets him walk out the door for nothing in return. I mean, you don't want to be known as either of those things if you're the angel. So it's a very difficult situation, I think, for the angels to find themselves in unless he stays. I mean, that's the only part of the story that Mm -hmm. ends up looking good for the angels if he, in fact, wants to stay. But you're right. He seems to be a player that wants the lights as bright as they can possibly get. He also seems to be a player who wants to win and that ain't a given with this angels team and certainly not a given anymore with the injury to Mike Trout and if you want to win then where are you ending up heading 
if the Angels are going to trade you. And the options are somewhat limited because the teams that are in position to do the winning, like the Atlanta Braves or the Astros, the Blue Jays, these are teams, again, terrible farm systems. And so what are you offering to the Angels in return for Shohei Otani because the price, if you are the Angels and you are going to trade away this caliber of player, the price should be sky high. Yes, we're talking about a player on an expiring deal. No one's trading for him, though, not to pay him. They're trying to keep him with the organization, but also they need to be in a win-now sort of situation. So it's an interesting predicament because some of the teams that would be, I think, the most attractive in terms of that aren't going to be attractive maybe to the Angels in terms of what that team can put together in return for Shohei Otani. I think it's why you hear Buster Olney mention a team like the Tampa Bay Rays because a good farm system there with Tampa, and although the hot start hasn't kept up there for the Rays that they had initially at the beginning of the season, certainly a team that we still consider in the mix, Shohei Otani would help that team. But not, again, the market, though, that we're necessarily thinking of when we're thinking of places Otani would go. If I'm any team out there wanting to be in the business, in the sweepstakes when it comes to Shohei Otani, I'm not making any kind of move with the trading deadline. I'm counting on that he's not going to stay there anyway. And then you can get him and pay him whatever money you want, and you don't have to give up anything in your farm system. If I'm the Yankees, if I'm the Dodgers, I'm Tampa Bay, I'm thinking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, doing Tampa it. Yeah, Tampa that's a different conversation, I think, than the Yanks and the Dodgers, right? Like, those teams might be like, oh, we're good enough. If he goes out as a free agent, he'll come here. I don't know if the Rays are feeling confident yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. That's what I'm saying. I'm taking them out of the equation. I'm talking about the big boys. Right. <laughs> Atlanta, the Yankees, teams like that, that can afford to bring in a Shohei Otani and wait for him and not give up any kind of farm system when he's going to lead the Angels anyway, and you have to give up anything other than salary that he's going to be well worth that price. A lot of salary. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, he's worth it. Amber Wilson, Freddie going together. Trying to be worth it on ESPN Radio, ESPNU. Who's second best on Jalen Hurts? That's next. This is ESPN Radio. More next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.